Human behavior is challenging to understand. Human behavior is irrational. But once we can pinpoint a certain behavior or changes in behavior, we can lead and encourage that behavior for intentional change. Whether it's for ourselves or organization, it's all about focusing on the three forces that influence it. So the three forces are, Hi, I'm Day, and you're listening to the Daily Book Club Tea Audio Experiment. Today we'll discuss the book Switch by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. Yep, they're brothers. Here's a quote from the authors that hits home. Knowledge does not change behavior. We all have encountered crazy shrinks, obese doctors, and divorced marriage counselors. So that is so true. We know things, and we know that we should or should not do things, yet we allow these things to happen or do the things that we're not supposed to do. I'm sure you have so many examples for that. So how do we change human behavior? Let's now really go to the three forces, which is the rider, the elephant, and the path. The rider is basically your brain who is always so rational. And the rider sits on top of an emotional, stubborn elephant, trying their best to direct it in the path that is sometimes unpredictable. Maybe you've heard of this before since the authors got this analogy from another book called The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt. Okay, so knowing this, let's go on now to our three takeaways. By the way, these are my takeaways, and maybe if you read the book, you would find something that resonates with you. One, focus on one specific critical aspect of the change so that the writer doesn't have to decide and get paralyzed with analysis. Two, get the elephant moving with a powerful emotion. Three, make the path of change easy to follow since human behavior is highly situational. Takeaway number one, focus on one specific critical aspect of the change so that the writer doesn't have to decide and get paralyzed with analysis. The writer is the neocortex of the brain, the most rational part of the brain, and it's good for solving complex problems. But when it gets to changing behavior, it isn't good at it. Here's a simple example. If you want to eat healthier, it would be easier to focus by saying not having sugar with your coffee. But if the writer hears the vague goal, just eat healthier, it instantly looks at hundreds of possible different options, overloading with analysis that leads to paralysis. And that's just human nature. And most of the time, what we think that is a resistance to change is actually just a lack of clarity on what to do next. So to do this, look at the small steps that you can take towards a goal and set a clear set of instructions that is not open to interpretation. Here's a really good example from the book. When researchers tried to get people to eat better, which is really open to interpretation when you say eat better, what is eating better for you? It might be different from eating better for me. So instead of just saying that, they told them buy 1% milk instead of whole milk. This was easy to do and was not open to interpretation, and the people ended up doubling the consumption of 1% milk, which led to people eating better. So yeah, again, instead of just saying, hey, everyone, eat better, they actually gave a very specific instruction. Try this example out for yourself. Instead of saying, be productive, what are the specific actions you can do every day or every week that would make you feel productive? Let's take a few moments to think about it. Very good. (laughs) Anyway, takeaway number two. Get the elephant moving with a powerful emotion. So with the writer taken care of, we must get the elephant moving. 
The rider cannot force the elephant to move, and logic and rational reasoning won't work since the elephant cares little about it. It's an emotional creature that is swayed by powerful feelings. Let's go to some examples from the book to understand this better. There was a manager that was frustrated with the, their company's purchasing process, especially when it came to ordering different kinds of gloves for the same purpose. But for the leaders to act fast, they knew that they couldn't use slides or charts or presentations. So the manager counted the different gloves and collected one pair of each. With this, they set a meeting and piled up a mountain of 424 different pairs of gloves in the conference table, which led the leaders to realize how crazy their purchasing behavior was, and then and there, they were able to make action plans to change it. Another example is quitting smoking, telling yourself that if you quit, you'll save money. It's very logical and sound, but it's not emotional. What will work better is maybe taking a picture of your teeth all ugly and yellow and looking at it every day, that might spark change. So any kind of emotion, negative or positive, will work to get the elephant to move. Here's how you can use negative or positive emotions to your advantage. Negative emotions work better with obvious problems with a clear solution. Positive emotions, on the other hand, work better with complex problems without a clear solution. So take note of it and try it out next time when you see something that is hard to change. Let's now go on to the last takeaway, takeaway number three. Make the path of change easy to follow since human behavior is highly situational. Even the best rider and elephant tandem will have a tough time navigating steep winding paths that have obstacles. And the environment in which we are trying to make change matters a lot. And I say this all the time. And most of the time, it's more than we think. This is where one of my favorite cognitive biases come into play the fundamental attribution error. So what does this mean? Basically, it says that we overestimate and think that people's innate character traits determine their behavior and the environment has nothing much to do with it. And that is so far from the truth. The reality is human behavior is very fluid and it highly depends on the situation. So when the environment makes it easy for you to follow through the change, the more likely you'll be able to make the change. Again, here's an interesting example from the book. By the way, there are so many other examples from the book, so I suggest you pick it up. In a study, a students ranked their peers by how generous they were. This led to a grouping of generous and not generous. In the book, they say it's the saints and the jerks, but let's just call them generous and not generous. Half of both groups were sent a vague letter asking them to bring food to a location on their campus. As a result, 8% of the generous donated while none of the non-generous did. However, when a very specific letter was sent to the other half of the both groups, asking for a can of beans and giving them a map to the exact location where they could drop off those beans, 25% of the ungenerous students donated, doing even better than the generous group with a vague letter. So yes, yeah, situational conditions or the environment influence our behavior a lot more than our innate tendencies. So let's say you want to stop having sugar in your coffee, just don't drink or buy coffee in the first place, rather than trying to test your willpower and suffering and regretting in the first place. So whenever you can design the environment for change, whether it's for you or others, take the chance, because it will be an easy stroll for the rider and elephant, and they will thank you for it. So those were the three takeaways. One, focus on one specific critical aspect of the change so that the rider does not have to decide and get paralyzed with analysis. Two, get the elephant moving with a powerful emotion. 
Three, make the path of change easy to follow since human behavior is highly situational. And because this is a quick discussion, you can learn way more from the book, such as what bright spots are and why finding them is important, or how a destination postcard can help you convince both the writer and the elephant, and how to match changes with people's identities. I mean, knowledge is not power, it's potential power, so here is an actionable step that you can take. We learned that resistance to change is because of lack of clarity and next steps. So when there's resistance to change from yourself or others, take a moment to ask yourself these two questions, and of course find answers for them. One, how can you clarify things so that it is not open to interpretation? And two, what is the next clear and actionable step that can be taken? And that was a quick discussion on Switch by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. Till the next episode, thank you for listening to the Daily Book Club, the audio experiment.